Welcome to the premiere episode of the Long Island Hot Rod Show, which is a podcast hosted by LongIslandHotRods.com. And today's guest is a very special guest for my premiere episode, and my name is Tony Rodriguez, and I am your host. And today we have a car collector that um, is very special with a very special collection. He has eight classic cars, and his name is Hank Sarno. Hank, welcome to the show. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I asked Hank to send me a couple of pictures of his cars, and he was sending them to my phone, and I kept hearing ding, 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 and I ended up with 20-something pictures of these superb automobiles, and it was uh, really, really just great. Just looking at them and the quality of these automobiles, it's, it's, it was really a treat, really a treat. Um, so let's go as to into exactly how you got into this, because I know you're retired now. And according to what your grandson tells me, you were a police officer in the New York City Police Department. How did you make that transition to collecting all of these, uh, you know, all of these cars? Well, I grew up around cars. Um, my uncle and his brother owned a gas station. I worked at that gas station um, weekends and summers as, since I was 13 years old. So I was always around cars. I was always around older guys. And by older guys, I mean guys that were three or four years older than me. But they worked at the station as well. And they, they drove and they had cars. So I was surrounded by cars my whole life. Mm. And where was this? Where did you grow up? It was on, it was in Belrose, Queens, little little community, um, just on almost on the Nassau County line, in uh, in Queens, and uh, it was a yeah it was a family run business. My uncle, his brother, and nephews, other brothers worked there, and it, you know it was just a, you know the um, ideal concept for a family owned and operated business. They lived in the community, they serviced the cause of the people who lived in the community. They were churchgoers. They supported the church and the schools and everything. So it was, you know, it was a real community-based business. That's great. That's great. So the foundation was laid was laid down quite a long time ago. That's awesome. Yeah. So what was your first, because you were working for the police department, correct? How many years did you work for the police department? I, I worked 21 and a half years, 21 and a half years with the NYPD. Nice. What was your first car and when? <laughs> and were you working at the time? My first car, I, I, I joined the police department when I was 19 years old. And my first car was a 1957 Chevy that my uncle had uh, given me. And uh, the reason why he gave it to me is because he was involved in an accident. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the 57 Chevys, but they had those iconic taillight fins in the back. Yes. Well, the car was in an accident, and one of those fins was uh, was bent over, and uh, a truck taillight was put in its place to, to make sure that they <laughs> to make sure that they had stoplights in the back. So my uncle my uncle gave me that car. So that that was my first car. And your first car that you collected were you still working for the police department? Your first uh, part of this collection that you have, or did you have other cars aside from the cars in your collection right now? I, uh, my first, my first collector car, 
I bought, I'll get this straight now, I bought in 1994. I bought a 1967 Chevelle in 1994, and that's, that's got a story behind it as well. But that was my first true collector car. Mm. I still have that car. All these years later, I still have it. I probably, you know, they say there's one or two cars in the collection that I would never part with. That's probably one of two that I would never part with. So let's go through all eight, starting with the okay. Chevelle. So 67 Chevelle, what is that? Was it an, an SS? No, it was not. It, it, it was a Malibu Sport Coupe. And here's the story. 19, 1967, I was 19 years old. And I had saved up enough money to buy a car. I had this particular 67 Chevelle in mind, Chevelle Sport Coupe. And uh, I wasn't old enough. I couldn't buy a car because I was only 19. You had to be 21. Oh. So, uh, so I went to Bay Chevrolet in Douglaston and with my mother. And I ordered the car, or she ordered the car. And I put a deposit on it. And the only, you know, the only thing she said to me, well, you know, I'll let you have this car, but you better do well in school, which I didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> so she proceeded to cancel the car. Oh, so wow. I never, I, never, I never took delivery of that car. That car was out there somewhere. But I always said to myself that one of these days I was going to duplicate that car. So 27 years later, 27 years later, I found a very similar car in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Now, this was before the, the, the days of the Internet. So this is when you buy a hardcover, hardcover pu uh, publication, Hemings Motor News, yeah. and you corresponded either by phone or in writing with the person who had the ad in the car. So the bottom line is 27 years later, I bought the 67 Chevelle in 1994, and then I proceeded to get a vintage New York license plate that reads uh, 27 year wait. <laughs> so, that, so that's the story behind the 67 Chevelle. Did, did you, were you able to see the car? Did you travel there to see the car or this was yes, all done? Yes, through, oh, yes okay. I did. No, I, I, you know, we, we, we spoke on the phone. We, he sent me photographs, but I did a, I took a trip and, uh, you know, I went to Grand Rapids, Michigan. He met me at the airport, took me, you know, took me to his house to see the car. And then as soon as I pulled up, the car was in the driveway. As soon as we pulled up, I knew I was buying the car. So Wow, great that, story. Yeah. Great story. So, so that, that's, that's 27 the years later. I still have it. Wow. So that's that. That's where the bug began. That's where it started. So what was, right. your, what was that? So let's go down the line. Let's go down with all eight. Okay. Okay. So now in connection, in connection with my working at the gas station, and my uncles uh, and his brother having the gas station, they had a tow truck at this gas station. It was it was a 1958 Willys Jeep. It's called an FC 150. The F, the FC stands for uh, forward control. Mm. So basically, if you're not familiar with that particular model, it, it, it's the red and white Jeep that were within the pictures that I sent you. Yes. Yes. So I I about I guess about. I guess about eight years ago, I, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool to try to recreate that tow truck from the gas station days? So I started, I started looking around online, and I, I really was, uh, I couldn't believe the prices, how much those FC-150s were selling for. But I found one. I found one in St. Louis. It wasn't quite the um, color combination I wanted, but you know, I came to terms with the seller. I had it delivered here to uh, Long Island. I had it repainted the correct colors, 
and uh, I had it lettered with the name of the gas station, Della Auto Service, and the address and the phone number on the doors of the truck, because I had found I had found an old picture of the gas station, for dating back to the '60s, with the tow truck parked out front of it. So I was able to take that uh, take that photo to this local sign maker, and he was able to. Uh, uh, write the letters on the doors, and there was some writing on the body of the truck as well. So now, so now I have the tow truck that was uh, uh, a clone of the tow truck that was used at my uncle's gas station back in the '60s. And it looks like a very short wheelbase. It is. It is very short yeah. wheelbase. It's 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 manual four wheel drive, uh, but it really, you know, it, it was really a very utilitarian vehicle. It was made for work purposes. It was not. You know, it was not made as a uh, to be used as a passenger car or anything like that. It was made made for trucking. You know, you see a lot of uh, a lot of them were used on farms. A lot of them were used on logging operations, forestry logging operations. But this mm. this one happened to be used as a tow truck. And what engine uh, is that? The stock engine? It's got a, it's, it's got it, uh, it's got an overhead valve, four cylinder. They call it a hurricane engine. That engine is very similar to engines that you will see in army jeeps, at the same uh, you oh, know from the, from the same era, from the same time right? period, right? Because yeah. same, same manufacturer, it's just that they you know they put that engine in the uh, in the in the FC one hundred and fifty for for truck purposes. Wow. Wow. So okay. So um, <clears throat> almost all the cars, if not all of them, all the cars and trucks have a story behind them. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really randomly purchase any of these cars, maybe with the exception of the 1946 uh, GMC Canopy Express. Now, that's the one you like, the black, the black truck you like. It's my favorite. Okay. It's my favorite. So, that, so for people who are not um, not aware of what a Canopy Express is, is back in the day, the farmers, farmers would pick the produce put it in the back of the truck and take it directly to the market to sell. So that's why the truck is open in the back. It looks like a pickup truck with a canopy on it. So you know, mm -hmm. hence the words canopy express. They were pretty common and they were, you know, they were, they were pretty popular, but again, they were made, you know, they were work be It's a work vehicle. They, they were made for a specific job in mind. Farmers produce, harvest, sell the fruits and vegetables, uh, you know, at the marketplace. So, so I saw that I, I was looking online for a particular truck and uh, I was outbid. And then as often the case with eBay, you know, the next time you log on to eBay, they say, well, people who looked at this also looked at this. And they had, mm -hmm. they had a picture of this Canopy Express. And up until that time, I had never, I may have seen one, but I never paid any attention to it. But, but I looked at this ad uh, on eBay and I said, boy, isn't that the coolest thing you've ever seen? So I started, it was out on, uh, it was out in the West Coast. It was in Rancho Cucamonga, California. And I, uh, I started negotiating with the fellow. We came to an agreed price and um, I had it delivered, I had it delivered here to um, Long Island. It wasn't quite, ex I, I very rarely buy cars sight unseen or I very rarely, mm. I very rarely buy something that I don't send somebody to take a look at if I can't get around to taking a look at it. And this is yeah. this is one of those cases that I should have I probably should have seen it in advance, or sent someone to see it in advance. Not that I not that I wouldn't have bought it. I, I wouldn't have paid as much as I did for it because when I got it back to back here to Long Island, 
it needed some work. It had some problems. The, you know, the fellow said he restored it, but he did like, I'll call it an 80% restoration, if you can picture that in your mind. And, you know, yeah. it had a lot of uh, it had a lot of glitches in it. You know, it wasn't running right, had a lot, lot of electrical problems, but it, it took me the better part of a summer. But, you know, working on it three or four hours a day, four or five days a week, I was able I was able to get it where it's running, functioning, operating truck. I, you know, it's reliable. I could take it anywhere. I don't have any second thoughts about it. So that that's the story behind the Canopy Express. Where, where do you, the original or the paint that you that it had when you when you purchased it? Yes. Was it I love that matte black. Yeah, well, it, has. it was in when I bought it, it was in primer. And I okay. have this I have this fellow that I deal work deal with my uh, my body work. He's down on um, Hoffman Avenue in, in Lindenhurst. His name is Ray. He owns Express Auto Body. He painted he painted the Willie's Jeep for me. So when I bought the when I bought the pickup uh, the Canopy Express rather, and I had it to a point where I felt confident that I could drive it, get it back and forth to Lindenhurst. I brought it in there. We were talking about paint schemes, and he said, "Well, how about hot rod satin black?" And I said, "Wow, that sounds cool." You know, he showed me a little show me a little sample that he had. I said, "Yeah, let, let's do it in let's do it in hot rod satin black." So so I got it painted, and then the name that you see on the side. And then yes. on the back, Junkerino Brothers, my mm-hmm. my longtime friend, my longtime police de- police department friend, Bill Giaccio and I, we do automotive swap meets, and and we, we refer to ourselves as the Junkerino Brothers. So once once I got the um, once I got the truck painted, I brought it back to the sign maker that did the uh, did the decals for the Jeep. I said, I want you to, I want you to uh, put Junkerino Brothers. I had my son-in-law designed a little logo for us and then i had the uh, had him put junkerino brothers on the door so junkerino hank and bill from dick sills new york and malba queens so that was going to be my next question as to what <laughs> what what was the significance of the of the writing yeah right wow so, so that's what that paint is called yep hot rod satin that's black amazing i love yeah. it yeah and incidentally uh for those that are listening all of these cars will be on attached to this episode you'll be able to see the car that i'm talking about and it'll, it's just it's i love it it's just the uniqueness of it really caught my eye yeah so on to car number three okay so we'll talk about the 62 impala super sport convertible that is that the uh, red one that yeah honduras maroon correct honduras yes. maroon with a black convertible top okay so i've known my wife um, I, my wife and i started going out when we were 15 years old so we and next week we'll be celebrating our fifty-first wedding anniversary. That's so, congratulations. That's great. Thank you. So when my wife was growing up in Queens, she had a she was going to Queens College, and she had a '62 Impala Super Sport convertible, and she had it for six weeks, and it was stolen from her driveway, never to be seen or heard from again. So, you know, over the years, you know, we had uh, you know, get married, you know, raise a family, have houses and uh, buy houses and stuff. I said to her, listen, one of these days, I'm going to replace that car for you. So lo and behold, we started looking about, hmm, I want to say about 10 years ago, we started looking for a 62 Impala Super Sport convertible. But we wanted a very, we wanted a very specific car. We wanted that color of Honduras maroon. Couldn't, couldn't find one. Look, looked for many, many years, couldn't find one. And then one day I answered an ad online for a fellow who was selling a car in um, 
outside of uh, outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, and um, in fact, it was it, Terre Haute, Indiana, to be exact. So I went. I went to look at the car. It wasn't the correct color combination. It, it was white with a red interior and a white con- a white convertible top. But this car was impeccable. This this fellow was the second owner of the car, and he had restored it himself. But he had some health issues, and he had to sell it. So I, I called my wife. I said, "Listen, it's not the correct color combination, but we, we have to buy this car because it's it's impeccable." So we bought it. And we had it sent back to Long Island, and uh, we had it had it for a number of years. And then, uh, you know, my my wife said, one day said, "Boy, you know, I really I love this car, but I really wish it was Honduras maroon with a black interior and a black convertible top." And I said, "Well, let's start getting some prices on what it would cost to to redo that car and and you know the combination you want." So we found we found the outfit out in Ronkonka called KJM. Very, very reliable. Did, did absolutely great work. So they took this white car with a red interior and a white convertible top, and they made it. They painted it Honduras maroon. They changed the interior to black, and they changed the convertible top to black. And that's that's the story behind that. Now that was that's great. That we found that car 37 years after her car was stolen. So wow. the license the license plate on that car is 37 year wait. <laughs> Oh, I love these stories. Oh, just see, the, you, the significance of it. It's great. You see a theme here? You start to see a theme yeah. here? So, <laughs> All right. What's so, next? <laughs> okay. So so we got the Chevelle. We got the Jeep. We got the GMC. We got the 62. The other other car is a um, 70, 1970 Chevelle SS454 convertible. I saw that black. Okay. Yes. Right. That, oh. car, that car is a national show winner that car was voted the best of the best by the vintage chevrolet club of america several wow. years ago so the story behind that car i don't know if you're familiar with a fellow by the name of john stalupi i'm you not see, okay you see him on the uh, he's a he's a big time car collector down in in uh, north um, north palm beach in florida and uh, you see him all the time on uh, on the, the TV auctions, uh, Barrett Jackson and Meekum. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a big-time collector. Well, anyhow, um, he has a private car collection. What he has is he has a uh, he has a supermarket down in North Palm Beach that's 40,000 square feet, which he, he converted into a private car collection. Oh, wow. He has anywhere between 200 and 250 cars in his collection. Holy mackerel. But it's not it's not open to the public. He opens he only opens it to the public twice a year, and the on um, both occasions he does it a, as a fundraiser. Whatever particular charity he's trying to support, whatever he takes in that day, he donates it to that charity. So we we had been down to Florida visiting friends, and it coincided <laughs> coincided with the collection being open to the public. So we you know we went we looked around and it, it was just. <laughs> You, you can't you couldn't believe it and the highlight you know the highlight of the whole collection is in the center he had a turn of the century fully <laughs> i'm sorry fully operable carousel if you can if you can imagine that wow but he had you know he had recreated a town he had a bob's <laughs> big boy uh, so this would be a carousel like you would see in in, in greenport yep wow yep so, so he had a he had a he had recreated a town inside this museum. 
So he had a, he had a drive-in movie. He, he had a Bob's Bob's Big Boy restaurant. He had uh, you know a pharmacy, a post office, oh, wow. a mobile gas station. It's really really something to see. So we had seen it, you know, you know, we, we enjoyed it. And then about about a year or so later, I was reading Hemming's Motor News, and I saw a full page ad that he was auctioning off the entire collection. And I said, "Wow, this this is too good to be true." So my my wife and my wife and I. And about three or four friends, we went. Uh, we we uh, we went down to Florida. We attended the auction, and I bought that. I bought that seventy Chevelle uh, SS. So oh. it's got. Uh, I think it's got. It's an LS five engine. So it's four fifty four cubic inch. It's three hundred sixty horsepower. It's got 12, 12 factory options. You know, power brakes, power steering, air condition, power windows. It's convertible, four speed. 411 positive traction rear. It's it's got as I said 12 factory options. So we we put that car into a competition for judging, and it it won Antique Automobile Antique Automobile Club of America. It won a Senior Grand National Award, and then the Vintage Chevrolet of America. It won the Best of the Best Award. So that's a that's a highly optioned, highly documented, and um, you know. So it makes it even more special and rare are the number of options that it came with? Yes. And, if, and you know, think about this. I mean, back in the day, who bought, who bought an air-conditioned convertible with a four-speed? You know, so, <laughs> right? Was, was that, is it a, it, it's an M22 transmission on that, right? No, M21. The M21. M21. See, the M22, the, the, the larger engine, the LS6 engine, which is 454 cubic inches, but it's um, let me think about the horsepower. It's 450 horsepower. That came with the M22. They call it the Rock Crusher transmission M22. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had that in my Camaro. I had a '67 okay. Camaro. That's what I had okay. as an M22. So that that's the story behind the '70 Chevelle. Now, how many uh, miles does that have? Uh, that has since it was a body. They, they performed the body off frame restoration. Nothing both. Body off frame restoration on that car about eleven years ago. It's got less than three hundred miles. Oh man! Wow. So you, you know, in the you know, in the parlance of car collectors, the trailer queen. Did you ever hear that that expression? Yes. It, yes. yes. It, it is truly a trailer queen. So, <laughs> so the uh, next in line, I guess, is the is the fifty six Nomad. Oh wait, hold on. I have to okay. go back real quick okay. on the truck. On the, the truck. truck, yes. Okay, how many are there? You didn't say how many there were. That's it. That's a one of a kind. I've been, you know, there's a there's a old GMC trucks website, and when I was uh, when I was having the uh, having some problems trying to iron out some of the mechanical bugs, I was corresponding with people on that website, and um, the guy said that's the only one that he's aware of. The guy that runs the Old GMC Trucks web, website says that is the only one he's aware of. Chevrolet wow. Canopy Express, yes, but GMC, GMC, he said that's the only one that he's aware of. Wow! And that truck sat, that truck sat maybe twenty five years <laughs> out in the field in Colorado before the, the guy bought it, took it to uh, California, started working on it. So that, that you know that that truck sat for a very very long it, it, it sat so long that the uh the differential fluid solidifi mm -hmm. solidified oh. 
<laughs> the steering, wow. the fluid in the steering box solidified. That that's wow. how long the truck sat. <laughs> wow. So the Nomad, the Nomad at the time, we we owned the Nomad eleven years. At the time, we had a '55 Chevy, a 210, like American Graffiti car, the black '55 mm-hmm. Chevy. I had yep. a '55 Chevy. I also had, I also had a '57 Chevy convertible. And um, I said to my wife, I said, "Gee, wouldn't it be? You know, we got a '55, we got a '57. We need something in the middle there, the tri fives, as they call them." <laughs> I, I said, what, "Wouldn't it be great if we could get a '56 Nomad?" Well, as it happens, this big auction. In, uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona, Barrett-Jackson auction in Scottsdale, Arizona was coming up. And sure enough, I looked online, and they had a couple of 56 Nomads that were going to be in the auction. So I said, you know what? Let's go to the auction. So my wife and I, who's very supportive, as you can tell, my, very supportive of my hobby and enjoys it as much as I do, uh, we, go to, uh, we go to Scottsdale, Arizona to, um, to attend the Barrett-Jackson auction. Now, People who are listening to this podcast may remember that about 11 years ago, uh, there was some very severe weather at the time of the Barrett-Jackson auction. So much so that there was a tornado warning. That's how that yeah, that's how extreme oh, wow. the, weather, the weather was. Well, we managed we managed to buy. We were in a tent in Scottsdale, Arizona, buying that uh, Nomad in the middle of this tornado warning. So it was quite wow. an experience. I mean, they talk about horizontal rain and, uh, you know, the, the fixtures and in, in, inside the tents were blowing. They, they actually huddled everybody. They got everybody out of the outlying areas and got them into the main tent because they were afraid of, uh, you know, the, the smaller tents were going to blow away. So, so we bought mm. that, we bought that car in, in the middle of a tornado, excuse me, in the middle of a tornado. Now, when you, when you buy a car at auction, when that hammer goes down, you own that car. So the hammer goes down, we buy the car, they come over, you sign the paperwork, and, and we left. Well, during, during the course of the night, the weather got even worse. So when we got up in the morning, we had no idea. When we went back to the, uh, the grounds where the auction was held, we had no idea what we were going to find, if the car was going to even be there, if it had, got, if it had gotten blown away during the storm and stuff. But fortunately, fortunately, it was in good shape. Wow. So, so that's, that's the story with the Nomad. That's amazing. There is truly a, a, a fascinating story with, with each of these cars. Every, every <laughs> one of them. Every one of them. So now, uh, let me think. So I'm now I'm up to the 66 Corvette. Yes. The, 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 it's, it's gray? Uh, no. Silver gray? No, no, that's the Milano Maroon one. Gotcha. The gray, the gray one is the 67. The 66 Corvette, we have about four years. And once again, and once again we bought that at Barrett-Jackson auction. In the Scottsdale, we were looking for, you know, they refer to them as mid-year Corvettes, and they mean 1963 to 1967. They refer to them as mid-years. They're very popular. They're very desirable. So we went, uh, we went to Bear Jackson, uh, Scottsdale, looking for a particular one. We fell short in our efforts to get that one. So then we bought, we bought the '66, and we we brought that home from Scottsdale. Mm. And and last but not least is the '67. Now the uh, the sixty seven is a four twenty seven four hundred horsepower. Again, it's highly desired, a high option car. It's got the air conditioning. It's got a removable um, vinyl roof. 
and uh, we bought that car. I we had the we had the '57 Chevy convertible, and we also had a '65 Malibu Sport Coupe that uh, we sold. I sold those two cars in order to buy the '67 road. But I knew I had this. I knew I want, wanted this particular car. I wanted the '67 big block roadster with air. So mm. when we sold, we sold the '57, we sold the '65, and then we bought this one. And Is that I your most recent? Buy yes. that one. Yes, yeah. it, we we have that little. We have that a year in uh, November. So, of those cars, how many do you drive? Uh, I I'd like to think that I drive all all of them, but in reality, in reality, the the, the one that gets driven the least is the seventy Chevelle. The sure, yeah, and, I can imagine. Yeah, and 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 the reason why that I mean it's obvious. You even just taking it around locally, you get a stone chip. Or something like that in the paint, or you know, somebody somebody is, is hypnotized by the car and drives into the back of you, you know, something <laughs> like that. So you you, you really you God really can't forbid. risk uh, you, yeah. you really can't risk anybody uh, you know anything happening to the car. So uh, they're all insured, you know. That's not the problem. But the problem is you don't want you know, you don't want to be hassled and you don't want to give yourself that aggravation. Yeah. Yeah. And and so of all of them, which is the yes. one, the one that you drive the most, the '62 Impala Super Sport convertible. Nice. That car has got right now. That car's got that's got seventy-two thousand original miles on it. <coughs> Excuse me. And I tell you, that is the most reliable, dependable, roadworthy car in the collection. So as we move forward in twenty twenty one. You know, it's just a matter of time before the shows start, you know, coming up again. Do you have any plans? I don't know if, there, if there's anything that's that's scheduled. Do you have any plans on any shows? Well, uh, and if so, what cars are you going to be putting into the show? Well, I'd like to give – it goes without saying that the 62 – Goes to all the shows. You know, whenever I take a car to a show, my wife takes the '62. So we usually go two at a time to the car shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like to give the Canopy Express a little exposure this year, and I'd like to give the '67 Corvette uh, some exposure this year. The reason the reason why I want to give the Canopy Express some exposure is because it's so unique. And, yeah, you know, I like it. I like when people come up to you and say. I've never seen one of these before. You know, they, they you know they do that with the Jeep, they do that with the Canopy Express. They say, "I've never what is this? I've never seen one before." Exactly. That's what I did when I when you <laughs> sent me the pictures and your grandson had sent me the pictures yes. and I wanted to know when I saw that I'm like, "What is this?" That was the first question I asked you. Right. And I said right. it was my favorite. Now these shows are these these shows that you plan on attending. Are they all or are they mostly on Long Island or do you yeah, go Yeah. Yeah, yeah, lo- yeah, local shows. You, you know the problem with, and uh, you know, although the cars are roadworthy, um, just getting on and off. You know, we go to Pennsylvania a lot. We go to Carlisle, Pennsylvania. We go to Hershey, Pennsylvania for car shows, mm-hmm. and we go up to up to Rhinebeck, New York for car shows. It, it's just such a hassle getting on and off Long Island. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the traffic, the road condition, the, uh, the the craziness of some of the drivers. So we, it, it, when at all possible, when at all possible, we stay on the island. When I had to, um, you know, when I put the seventy Chevelle 
and also the 57 Chevy convertible. When I, when I put that through the judging process, I, I have a 20-foot enclosed trailer that I, you know, that I tow with my Suburban. So the car, go, the car goes in an enclosed trailer and doesn't come out again until we get to the show field because you can't, you know, you, you just can't risk taking a car like that on the BQE or take out the Cross Bronx Expressway. Or, you know, well, speaking of, the cross, speaking of the yeah. Cross Bronx, a friend of mine um, had a newer Mustang. It was his pride and joy. He bought it brand new. And we were attending a Mustang uh, show in, uh, in, I believe it was in New Jersey or in Pennsylvania. I forget where it was, but we had to go through the Cross Bronx. Right. And we're standing in, you know, in traffic. He wanted to go late. And anytime you go through the Cross Bronx, you're going to encounter that traffic. That's and correct. We were, we were standing still. And the guy in front of him apparently forgot that his foot was on the clutch. And we see the car coming back towards us. Uh, uh, and that's... it was, a, you know, it, it was minor. But, but nevertheless, but he cracked the guy. He was going to put it into the show. So now he couldn't put the car in, in yeah, the show yeah. because of that. And that and that's exactly what you come up against. The the, yeah. the road uh, the roads are terrible. The driving conditions are uh, you know uh, you, uh, you can't risk it. Even even towing the trailer. I learned. I, I never towed a trailer in my life till I bought these show cars. Mm. And 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 I've I've learned that with a trailer, nobody wants to be behind you when you're pulling a, tra- a trailer, <laughs> and they will do whatever they can to get in front of you drive on the shoulder, you know, pass you when they shouldn't be passing you. It's like, you, you really have to be on your toes pulling your trailer. Wow. Yeah. So my last question, what yes, is next? What's next for you? Okay. Is so currently, it? no, 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 no. Currently, currently the 56 Nomad and the 66 Corvette are up for sale. Okay. And I want to buy a 1963 Corvette split window coupe. I'm sure you've heard about that, right? Yes, yes. Split window, split window coupes are the rage right now. So uh, I, have the, I have the 56 and the 66 listed with a broker. And if I'm able to sell those two cars, then I will start looking for a 63 split window coupe. And what's your time frame? Are you are you, are, are you patient? Are you just going to? Oh no no yeah you, you, you have to be patient. You have to yeah. be patient. And uh, yes, I have yes. I have one in mind. The, I have one in mind. The the owner doesn't know I want it yet, but I, <laughs> I, I have one in mind. Well, I promised to keep you at about thirty minutes. We're about thirty, almost thirty five minutes. And Hank, I really okay. appreciate your time, and the passion that you have comes out in just the way that you talk about your, your cars and, and, you know, you're a true diehard, you know, collector. And I was just so blessed and fortunate to have you as my first guest. Oh, and I'm thank excited. You. I'm excited. My to pleasure. Keep this, I'm excited to keep this momentum going. And I just want to mention to everyone that um, I also have advanced auto parts as a featured partner of Long Island and also of this podcast. So, Please visit any advanced auto parts on Long Island and sign up for their Speed Perks program, which gives you all the discounts that you need. And uh, I'll leave it at that. So once again, Hank, thank you so much. And I'm sure that I will be in touch and see you at any of these shows coming up. And um, great. Again, thank thank you. Best of luck to you. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye, everybody.